Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa. Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, West Alabama, Internet World, right here in downtown Northport. How we doing on this wonderful day? You're watching another episode of the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central at BamaCentral.com. I want to encourage you guys to follow us at Bama Central. Make sure you pay, pay attention and subscribe to our other Bama Central podcast. We've got all things Bama with Katie Windham and Austin Hannon and our friends Blue Collar Unplugged with Matthew Gibson, Jacob Pickle, and Blake Byler. The three of us together make up the Bama Central Broadcasting Network, and we are so, so excited. We are just a couple of days away from Alabama taking on MTSU. Very, very happy. We talked to Sam Doughton yesterday on the program, MTSU staff writer. And on Monday, we caught up with Eric Anders. If you missed either of those conversations, you can check them out right there on all the platforms we just hit. hit Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon. You can hit it at, at YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. I am at Joe Gaither 6 for all your comments, questions, queries, and concerns. Make sure you follow us on any of the social medias of your choice. And everybody get down to Bryant-Denny Stadium on Saturday. Alabama kicking off at 6.30. And I'm very, very excited about our, our guest today. We're going to be joined by Alabama inside, inside linebacker, Mr. Darren Mustin. Darren Mustin is going to be one of the two honorary captains. We already heard from Eric Anders earlier in the week. Darren Mustin played for the Crimson Tide from 2005 to 2007 but has a very interesting connection with the MTSU Blue Raiders. Darren, how are you doing today? I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for carving out some of your, some of your busy week. I'm good. I'm good. I'm um, glad to be on the show. I know I'm wearing blue, but I'm at work. I work for TSU right now. I know we're going against the Blue Raiders, and the story of me and MTSU in Alabama is kind of ironic, especially this year, this week coming up. Absolutely. I, I was just kind of getting doing some research, and uh, the first thing that I saw was, oh, Brentwood Academy. I, I, I'm i from Chattanooga. I'm a Macaulay man, so kind of a little rivalry there, but y'all always kicked our tail, so it's, it's all right. I'll concede to that. Uh, and then, obviously, MTSU and Alabama, big-time connection. You left the Blue Raiders in, 2000, in 2004. You left a football scholarship with MTSU to walk on to Alabama. What went into that decision? Let's just start right there. What went into that decision to take a huge risk uh, leaving a scholarship to come to and play in Tuscaloosa? Uh, it all boiled down to relationships. I mean, this is way before the transfer portal was ever popular. Um, I just – I didn't feel the relationships were correct. And I figured, okay, I can sit in this position where I'm in or I can change my cards. And I just got a shout-out to this guy named Theo Townsend. Theo Townsend was a running back at Alabama at the time, and he was one of my good friends growing up. He still is. And I called him one day after the game. I played at North Texas at MTSU, and I did a really good job, but I was just mad because they wouldn't play me. And he was like, bro, come to Bama. And, you know, through him, I got to meet this guy named Antoine Caldwell. He was my roommate. Another guy named B.J. Stabler, he was my roommate. And those relationships were just powerful. And it's nothing against the people that I knew at MTSU. Nothing against those coaches. It's just getting the opportunity to play for Nick Saban is just, you know, that was unexpected. Having Kevin Steele back at Bama is making me excited because that was my position coach. And I, I'll never forget the first meeting I've had with either coaches. And those relationships were really strong. And I, I, I'm just, I'm blessed. I, I really am. I didn't expect anything to happen. I just went and put my best foot forward. And all these years later, I'm coming back. 
Absolutely, and you're hitting right into where we're, where we're headed tonight, uh, today, and I really appreciate uh, your, your transparency. You come to Alabama in 2005 before the transfer portal, and you sit out a whole year. You're playing for Coach Shula, and then 06, you're playing for Coach Shula, getting on the field a little bit. And then, you, as you said, unexpected. Nick Saban, uh, you know, uh, Coach Shula uh, un unfortunately has the, a little bit of uh, underwhelming success. So Coach Saban gets hired, and Kevin Steele is your position coach. That's a perfect transition. What do you – you said you remember both of those meetings. What was your meetings like with Kevin Steele? All right. This is the – I'll never forget it. First meeting, he's like talking about all this legendary linebackers. He's like, you know what kind of linebacker I want? Come here, catch this piece of paper. So he puts this piece of paper in there and it's floating down. People trying to catch it softly. He let Rolando McClain try to catch it. He misses it. And then he's like, do it to me, do it to me. So he pushes it, starts floating, and he just crushes it. He's like, that's <laughs> what I want. That's what kind of linebacker I want. I was like, oh, snap. So, like, that's just his mentality. I'm really excited. I hope they come back and, you know, bring it to the glory. Defense has always been great. Even when I was with Coach Shula, I had an extremely awesome coach in Coach Kynes. Coach Kynes coached this linebacker named D'Amico Ryans. Beast. So that just being able to be on the same field and witness what Coach Kynes and D'Amico Ryans and all they did, it was, it, was, it, was, it was epic. And I was just blessed to be a part of that, you know. And then I got my opportunity, walked on, I never forget going to the uh, the office of Coach Saban. Like, do I need to take out some more loans? He's like, No, I got you. And then that was just it. And I'm just I'm just blessed. It was a big blessing just to make that move, take that leap of faith, and you know, go to Bama. Absolutely, and uh, you hit on Coach Kinds. Everybody remembers the uh, the Colorado. Yeah, uh, they're hitting us with the inside trap. One story that I used to hear from about Coach Kinds was he used to yell on the practice field, "Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die." I actually worked just a smart short time with the football program in 2008, so I caught kind of the tail end of his recruits. Talk about Joe Kinds. I think a lot of people kind of make him out to be maybe um, a caricature based on some of those some of those uh, you know funny comments. But talk about what his impact on on you guys and on the room. Obviously, D'Amico Ryan's has had great success uh, in the NFL, and then obviously in, uh, since he's been coaching. Talk about just Joe Kynes and really what kind of a coach and how how he really impacted uh, you, your football team. I remember he used to tell all the coaches, "You got to recruit and you got to win," and he wasn't kidding. And the man is smart. He was just a legendary guy, man. And I never forget he came up to me after the Arkansas game, and he was like. Or you could play some ball. And like that right there just hit my soul. I was like, wow, Coach Kynes said that to me. And like just to see all the legendary people and like he didn't cuss. Like he said he used to cuss a lot, but he really didn't cuss. But he will insult you with some awesome <laughs> metaphors. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't want to say them all, but one of my favorites, you dumber than dirt. <laughs> you, you pissing up a rope. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like stuff like that. He's like he was a great guy, great coach, great motiv motivator, great mentor. But like I was on the scout team, so I really didn't have him as a position coach that strong. I was a scout team guy, so my main guy was Kevin Steele. Absolutely. Well, Kevin Steele and Coach Saban, really Kevin Steele has been rehired for Coach Saban's implementation or reestablishing the Alabama standard. We've heard that for maybe the last two years. Oh, we want to get back to the Alabama standard. 
What was it like in 2007 when the, when, when the new coaching staff came in? Obviously, they were wanting to establish the Bama standard at that point or their Bama standard at that point. What practically will the guys on this year's team be experiencing that maybe uh, is parallel to the 07 team, the, the attitude or philosophy or even just uh, practic- practically coaching? What, what, will, uh, what does it mean to reestablish the Bama standard under Kevin Steele and Nick Saban? I mean, the Bama standard is that. It's the fourth quarter program. It's dominating. It's, you know, you play us, it's, you're not going to get anything easy. But to get exactly what they're going to expect, I don't know, that's 16 years ago. Sure. That's like a lot of evolution. I mean, my strength coach was Cochran. He's a position coach now at Georgia. You know, there's been a lot of turnover. You know, Nick Saban is running things a little differently. There's a lot of science that's implemented into things. So I can't say exactly what they're going to be expecting. I just, me as a fan now, I'm expecting, you know, nothing easy, disciplined football, you know, stuff like that. None, like, I kind of been, I'm just going to be honest with you, just the, the, the penalties and stuff like that, that's not the Bama standard. I'm expecting discipline, doing the little things right, and I'm excited for the season. So pulling up Saturday is going to be a good time. What was the culture change like there from 2006 to seven when the new, when the new, when the new staff came in? All right, true story. True story. Love the recruits. It's the recruits. Back in the day, my apartment was the party apartment. You know, it was after Roman Pep left. I was at the university, I think Village. We had a a pool table right outside of, it was a pool table in the pool right outside of our apartment. So the recruits would come to our house. And I never forget it. I got the new, we had the new uh, Xbox, we had the Halo, we had all of the setup, and my room was the studio, so everybody came to the house. All right, sitting on the couch, this big dude was named Mount Cody. Y'all know who he was. He was taking up half the couch. I was like, okay, that's a pretty good big guy. And then on the other half of the couch was this guy named Julio Jones. Pretty good. Okay, so I'm like, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? All right, I'm, I'm, I don't have recruits because I was a walk-on, but my roommates did. And then there's this kid in the corner. His neck was thick. I mean, huge neck. I thought he was a Juco transfer. I was like, hey, what's up? What's your name? He's like, I'm Dante. Oh, Dante what? I'm Dante Hightower. Oh, okay. You, you're a Juco? No, I'm 17. What? <laughs> and then there's this smaller guy in the back corner. So I was like, oh, say what's up to him. That's just Mark Ingram, first Heisman Trophy winner. So, like, the biggest thing I saw was the recruits. They were ready from day one. Shula did his thing, had a lot of great recruits, but just stacks after stacks after stacks of just dudes. I was like, wow, I'm glad I'm graduating. I don't know if I'd be able to play. <laughs> well, you did get uh, a pretty significant playing time in 2007. You made your first start in against Western Carolina the first week of the season and ended up splashing right there on Sports Center in the first day. I just looked up the clip, uh, you and Rolanda McClain pop, uh, popping that guy's head off. What did it mean to you? What was your reaction going from walk-on to scholarship player to, bam, first week, I'm on Sports Center top plays? Uh, that was an epic night. The phone wouldn't stop ringing. But people don't realize – I didn't make that hit. I just I just celebrated harder. Rolando made that hit. I, we just got there simultaneously, but Roe hit him harder, and I cleaned it up, and I just stand up and flexed. And because I just, like, I didn't feel anything. And Roe said he had a headache and everything. He took everything. So, like, he actually got the hit. I just celebrated harder and got on TV. 
I mean, it was a great time. And people don't remember, that was my first game started. I am a sure. red shirt senior. Rolando is a true freshman. And we are both starting for the first time. And, you know, he was like, people don't realize how much of a freak of an athlete Rolando McClain actually was. Just anything he really wanted to do, he could do. So, like, it was fun starting. It was awesome getting that opportunity, uh, playing in front of that stadium. And Brian did it, just, it still gives me chills, man. Well, you've been very busy in the college football world or in the college athletics world, uh, coaching at USC, coaching at UMass as well, and coaching at Dartmouth and the Army. So just a question, how often do you make it back to Brian Denny Stadium? Um, I think last year I made it to an Ole Miss game. Um, not very much because I'm, I'm working with college athletes right now. And our season, I got fall season sports, spring season sports, so not as much. It's always good to go back and, you know, to see my hands and feet printed any times. And just it's like starting moving up. There's a lot more names after me now. So you got to walk a little bit further. But it's it's fun to go back. That's why I'm excited to go back this Saturday. You know, it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's the that's kind of what I was getting at, just how uh, special it's going to be. You'll be uh, you'll be at the Bryant Museum on Friday, correct? Yeah, I'll be pulling up. Absolutely. And so people who want to uh, meet Darren Mustin and Eric Andrews, they'll, they'll be at the Bryant Museum on Friday. And of course, you'll be uh, right there at the coin toss uh, for, for everybody uh, as an honorary captain. And we're really excited about that. It'll be the season opener, 630 on Saturday night you know, over there at Bryant Denny Stadium. What was it like for you in 2005 when Alabama, you had just made your transfer. You just made your transfer in 2005, and MTSU is the first game on the schedule. Obviously, you're uh, technically, I guess, redshirted at that point because you had to sit out for transfer rules. What was that experience like, watching the team you had just left come in and play the team you had just joined? Uh, obviously, Alabama wins, but but just what is that experience like for you, observing that on the sidelines? I, I was actually in the stands because okay. I was ineligible. Okay. Um, it was it was weird. It was tough because in the back of my head, I was like, did I make the right decision? Like, I could be playing right now. Like, I was starting. Like, did I make the right decision? And, you know, you, you make that battle your whole life. You got to learn to live with regrets or not. And, you know, this is just this this week coming up is a little bit of proof from the man above. Like, yeah, you did make the right decision. It's OK. So seeing them play at the time was tough. Um, wishing I can go out there and play was was even harder knowing I was ineligible and I'm paying for school now. But 16 years down the road, you know, I'm so glad I made the decision. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one thing I was reading in, in your in uh, studying and getting ready for this interview was you are uh, one of 13 bro- 14 brothers. Uh, you have 13 brothers and a sister, so it's 14-person household. And then you talk about faith, the man above. I love that. But basically, uh, I'm reading that your parents uh, really were involved in ministry with children and with, with, with adoption and things like that. How did that impact you as a, as a person, just as a, as a young person, and now as a, as a coach, really? How, how did those foundations impact you and, and set you on, on a path? Um, I became a big brother. Um, I'm the I'm the oldest boy, and there's only one older than me, my older sister. So like, everybody else is looking up to me, and um, I have some siblings that are not here anymore. So it's tough, but and and all the things it just it, it helped build my faith, help build your faith. Like you look back and you see like, how did mom and dad do that? Yes. Like how in the world did I grow up 
in Brentwood, Tennessee, on a single income house, household. How did I go to Brentwood Academy with all these other siblings? Always had food, always had something to wear, always had some vehicles, and it just built my faith. I, I mean, just my life and faith and like, like just these different things that happen in your life, you know, ups and downs, lefts and rights. You gotta have something that's a, a foundation. And my parents helped build a strong foundation of faith. And, and you know, you know how life gets. Life can get kind of tough. And if you don't have that structure of faith, man, they say it's a spiritual warfare out there. And I mean, it is real. It's Absolutely. very, very real. And, and now I talked to my friend the other day. We're coming up on the age where getting up there where parents are dying and diseases are entering if you have them in your, in your life. I'm late 30s, early 40s. That's what it is. And just having faith that, okay, here's life. Nothing's promised. Put forth the good faith. Do the right thing. Try to live righteous and keep it moving, knowing nobody's perfect. <laughs> That's all I can say. Just build my faith. That's what my parents did. That's incredible. I love that's incredible. I, I, I have three sisters. And so when I think about the, like my own household and then I read yours, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's like times three with the siblings and just incredible to to to, uh, to kind of read through some of your story and, and read about your time here in Tuscaloosa. That 2007 season was um, obviously it was six. It wasn't as successful as the rest of the Nick Saban era was, but very, very important foundationally for, uh, for, for Nick Saban. Uh, can you talk about really? Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of stories of the Independence Bowl going out to the Independence Bowl and really Coach Saban not being very happy with that trip or or that result being uh, being being out there. Can you tell us just a little insight about what is like going to Shreveport? Uh, that was the, obviously Alabama had been there the year prior, so two years in a row at, at, in Shreveport. What was Coach Saban's attitude towards uh, ending up at the Independence Bowl? I mean, he's not happy. Man, he was really upset. I remember at my senior banquet, he was mad and cussing everybody out. And I'm like, what? But <laughs> we're done. But it was the second year at Shreveport. First year it was with Shula. We stayed in a casino. Second year, we stayed with Coach Saban way away from the casinos. But I have to tell you this. I had more fun the second year when we didn't stay in the casino versus when we did stay in the casino. We just – it was more fun. I had more fun with the players. We did more things together. We did win our bowl game. Yes. But we did kind of fall off at the end of the year. We kind of dropped a few games. So nobody was really expecting us to do much. He was really upset, but he used that bowl game to really try to build and invest into the future. He loved on the seniors, let us do what we needed to do, but he really built upon the future. And I'm glad we pulled away with that win. No, my last game I played in Brian Denny, I don't talk about it. I don't talk about it at all. But it happened. And, you know, I remember talking to Terry Saban. I don't know if she remembers this, but when she was – when I was there, she was like, I think we're going to win it in three years here. It took us – I think she said it took us four years at LSU, but one of our first years, we they lost to somebody bad too at the beginning of LSU. She's like, I think we're going to lose to somebody bad, but I don't want to. And sure enough, we lost that game, but then she called it. She's like, it's going to be three years and we're going to win it. And you, she won. I was like, wow, she called it. So, like, that's just little things like that. I, it was, it's been, it was, it was fun. So long ago, I don't remember any plays. Sure. Seven cut. That's probably about it. 
<laughs> but yeah, awesome. Uh, that's great. Uh, for those who are living under a rock, he, Darren is referring to losing to Louisiana Monroe, and we won't get into that at all. Uh, but it did get, really. Coach Saban set used the 07 team to set the foundation for go for, for for years going forward. I was a freshman in 2008 and that was the year that I worked for the team and it was just insane being being around there. Obviously that ended up with, uh, being 12 and 2 uh and losing the bowl game to Utah uh, in, in that sense, but just uh the business demeanor the entire year of 2008 I, I believe was really uh set in place in, in, in set in place during uh, coach Saban's first year in 2007. What is um what is one thing that Coach Saban and Coach Steele have really implemented to you that you've taken through into your coaching life? Obviously, uh, you're not co- coaching football, but strength and conditioning, lots of similarities, lots of parallels. What what were some of the lessons that you learned at Alabama, or what is something that you're taking into your coaching days? Um, don't be nobody's friend up front. Nah, I'm not your friend. I'm here to get business done, get get work done. So up front. This is what it is. This is my standards and stick to those standards. That's one thing that I got to say. Coach Saban said in first meeting, he said best person's going to play. He stuck to his word. He stuck to his standard. Um, both of them. That's just and then intensity from Coach uh, Kevin Steele. Um, I, I told about a story. I talked about the story already of him catching the paper. Um, just his, his meeting rooms, just the intensity of the man brought, just – getting work done, even when you don't feel like you need, you want to work with somebody because it's just difficult working with some people, you still get the job done. So that's what I really took from them. It's been a way, I, I, I talk to Coach Steele probably once a year. I talk to Coach Saban probably once a decade. So it, hey, <laughs> that's just what it is. Sure. But like standards, holding a standard and sticking to the standard. And one thing that Coach Saban really, I didn't get to experience it, but the fighting of complacency that he did the, the years after I left is another thing I try to try to instill with the teams that I work with. You know, you got to learn, you got to learn to win and you got to learn to deal with success. And a lot of times people get that win and they get complacent and don't know how to deal with that success. So that's something that I really try to instill into the teams that I work with now. We're talking to Darren Mustin, former Alabama linebacker, uh, during from 2005 to 2007, and the winner of the most inspirational and Bear Bryant Awards in the spring of 2007. What you, you've already talked about going into Coach Saban's office? Do I need to take out more loans? How um, on edge, I guess, would, would you have said, or how measure your football career at that point? If you had not gotten scholarship money, would you have? had to walk away from the university at that point or just how uh, what, what was that like earning that scholarship and really being able to tell your parents uh hey we're gonna you know this year's gonna be just a touch easier financially uh i was taking loans out for myself i was gonna i, I, I made a decision myself is it something called uh burning the boats <laughs> i had i made that journey uh i can either get in the boat and tuck tail and go back to a different school or I could burn the boats and say, hey, we going, this is it. So I burned the boats. I was like, I'm going to graduate from this school. I'm going to try my best. And then it, whatever happens, happens. And once it actually happened and I got a scholarship, I was like numb. I was like, screw, I wasn't even celebrating much. I went and told my friends and they went aesthetic. But I was just like, yeah, okay, here it is. But then that just let me know, all right, all right, I'm going to have an opportunity to play. And then I got that opportunity, and then I looked up, I'm starting. I'm like, what 
in the world. That's it. Going from Brentwood to uh, being at MTSU to choosing to walk on and then earning scholarship as starter, just a massive journey. What do you, how do you use that journey to uh, really coach or, or, or encourage uh, maybe players or athletes who are in, in, in challenging positions in your own life? I don't know. I think I'm crazy at some point. Just doesn't make sense, but just just go for it, man. Like, just go for it. Sometimes you just got to go for it. Like, rest in peace, my brother Tate. What he, one thing he would always do, he would just try. You tell him, you can't do this. Watch me try. You can't do. watch me try. And then later on in his life, he told me he got that attitude because I walked on that Bama. Because my little brother took on life of, I'm going to just try. Because my big brother just said, I'm going to try. I remember I literally had a conversation with my high school coach before I transferred, I asked him, should I do it? He looked me in the eye and said, no, you need to go somewhere lower so you can play. I said, thank you very much. I didn't listen to him. <laughs> that's, um, I mean, from an ignorant perspective, that sounds a little disrespectful from your high school coach. He didn't believe in you? Well, I mean, you got to remember the generation I grew up in. Sure. It was a little different. We didn't have all this social media. We didn't have this awoke culture. I could, I could horse collar tackle you and not get a penalty. I was taught, take this part of your helmet, put it right here, and knock the best player out. That way we go to Pizza Hut and win when I was seven years old. <laughs> That's how I would learn the, the game. So this is a totally different generation and totally different everything. I can't apply everything we did then to now. Sure. I just can't. One of the big games in 2007 was against Arkansas. Alabama, you know, back and forth game, ended up with Matt Cadell catching the touchdown in the end zone. What was your memories from that game from a defensive standpoint and really on the sidelines towards the end of the game when uh, John Parker's throwing it in the end zone and Matt Cadell, you know, bring, brings it in and Alabama goes home happy? Happy we won. I'm so mad at that game still. I only played one quarter. I only played one I got hurt. I was balling. Like, I oh, found no. a cheat code. Like, no lie. I was watching film a lot because I was terrified. I knew their whole backfield was good. All three of them played in the NFL. One of them yeah. was on the cover of Madden. But I was watching film. I was just terrified. Watching film, and I found a cheat code. And I literally did not listen to any of the coaches' plays the whole game. I just followed the cheat code, and it was working. Like, I had a pick. I had, like, three tackles for loss. It was working. Then I hurt my neck. And then they took me to the locker room and they took my helmet and I was so mad. I was like so mad, hurt my neck and I couldn't play. And then they came back because we were dominating at the first. Like I, I was shutting them. I go back and look that I was shutting them down because I was cheating. I knew a cheat code, but then I got hurt in my backup. He didn't really watch as much film as me. So they kept running on that same side and they came back like, do you That's remember what it was? Was it a pulling guard somewhere or somebody stepped something? No. I, my safety hit me. Like, I hit McFadden, and then my safety came and hit me, and, and then I, I blacked out, and then I woke up, and I was like, I'm good. And I was like, no, you're not. And they did some tests. It was like, yeah, you're done. I was like, no, I'm not. And they're like, yes, you are. <laughs> can't can't really fight the trainers. Absolutely. That's terrible. But, uh, but I'm glad I'm, we won. I'm glad Absolutely. Peter pulled it through at the end. Glad he won that game. That was huge. 
That was huge. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I read when I'm researching is you during your time at an army, you are uh, responsible for a little bit of a tradition that has started at army. A, su- the responsible for the tsunami tradition. Uh, for those who don't know, it's just a, it's a, it's a kind of a techno song that now gets played in the army stadium. What was your involvement with that, and just uh, how? I mean, our army, the the the, the, the one of you know the pride of the, uh, the 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 pride of the military schools. To leave a, a mark on army what does that mean to you all right here's the story yeah i was talking to this girl and she was in in charge of like the events at the game and they came to us they was like hey we need something to get everybody going so my roommate at the time was named will greenberg he's a strength coach with the buffalo bills will was like i think i got a song i was like let me hear it and he plays tsunami drop Doo-doo-doo-doo. i was like okay okay that's gonna be fly I got the song and took it to her. I was like, if you don't play the song, I'm going to find you. All right? Just straight, I'm going to find you. Play the song. She's like, are you sure? I'm not sure. I was like, play the song. Came to it. Started playing it. They got hype. Everybody jumping. Boom, boom. And we're like, I'm high-fiving Will. We got him. Yes, sir. Because it was Will who found it. I helped implement it. Another thing I helped implement, they changed the hand signal. But their fourth quarter warrior program that they're doing now at Army West Point, I kind of stole what we did with Cochran and that with Saban at Bama. Because one thing that Cochran did my first year, he put two numbers up on the window seals. And these numbers were our fourth quarter scores. So I did that exact same thing at Army and noticed we were getting destroyed. It was like 50 to like 160. We were getting outscored that much in the fourth quarter. And I brought it to Coach Munkin. He was like, all right make something about it so we made up a uh, four quarter warrior just go competitions randomly and i think it helped and the tsunami song now is so huge at the end of the year the lady that i said you better play the song she got a raise uh, <laughs> you a commission off of it huh you no. get a little commission i she get not more about what i got but hey <laughs> she got a raise because <laughs> they still do and it's pretty it's pretty awesome now i, I watch the army navy game every year i got an army flag in my in my garage people think i went to the military i was like nah i just i was a part of that program and the kids there are phenomenal like they're leaders of america like some of the things they do will blow your mind and some of the changes that we had to do to help them be successful in football will blow your mind like it's a lot of things i help implement in different places i go but that's one of the things that i kind of chuckle at I have a bunch of friends who went to Georgia Southern. So when Coach Munkin left Georgia Southern to go to Army, they were all brokenhearted because he was such a quality coach. And they were like, oh, we got to go find somebody else. But uh, just really, uh, they had a lot of high praise for for, for Coach Munkin. And uh, he's he's still at Army, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, well, Darren, this has been a huge blast, and I really appreciate you giving me some some of your time today. We've been, you're, uh, we look forward to seeing you in Brian Denny Stadium on Saturday. What are uh, when you, what are your expectations now that Kevin Steele was back? We've we talked about him at the very beginning, and we'll kind of wrap it up with Kevin Steele again. And expectation. What are your thoughts on? Uh, really, you're t- you're hearing a lot of the things you said. No penalties and getting it mental mental reps. You've watched Alabama over the last couple of years. 
you know, 17 penalties against Texas, 16 penalties against Tennessee, missed tackles here, missed tackles there, schematic, you know, some schematic questions. What is your expectation having played for Coach Teal and really seeing what uh, Nick Saban has put back into the program over the last uh, six or eight months? Well, everybody's got a standard. I'm expecting the standard. That's it. The standard is not delivered, then what are we doing? I mean, <laughs> I'm expecting relentlessness. I'm, I'm expecting, like, organized chaos as defense. I'm ex, I'm expecting execution, but I'm a fan, you know? Um, these kids are 18 to 22-year-olds. Every week is different. They go through different things mentally. You're not the same cat at 26 as you are at 22, as you are at 18, as you are at 12. You evolve. Certainly. So what is the evolution of this team? We'll see. Every year is different. I mean, we all know the standard. We all know what we're expecting. But are they going to execute and deliver? That's that's it. I'm expecting just passion. That's it. You know, pride. That's it. I, that's it. I don't know what else to say. There you go. That's great. We talked to Eric Anders earlier in the week, and he's going to be joining you as honorary captain. Uh, just real quick, do you have anything? Eric, you and Eric crossed over just a little bit of time. Uh, I believe his freshman and sophomore year was in Tuscaloosa while you were there. Do you have any memories of uh, Eric Anders? And obviously, I love watching him now in MMA. Of course. Like, that was my year I was ineligible when they were on scout team. Okay. So I was scout team with them. So that whole class, I know, like, the whole group. I even ran into Eric Anders a couple weekends ago here in Nashville at the fights, you know? And, like, one thing I knew about Eric, he always would work hard. So we would have mat drills in the morning, and sometimes he would lead a line, and then I would lead a line because the linebackers went together. He would sure. lead, I would lead. And he was always relentless. He would always compete hard. He was always just a, just a super athlete. Not necessarily the biggest, but you would never know it. And that's, that's just – who I expected Eric to be. And now I'm a big fan of him, your boy, EA, you know, fighting. <laughs> I talked to him. I was like, man, I don't know how you do what you do, but I love it. And he's like, man, I, I love it. He loves fighting. He's always been a fighter. He's always been a competitor. He's always went 100% or whatever he did. So when he started fighting, of course, I'm going to tune in. Outside of football, during your time in Tuscaloosa, what was something that maybe you'll, you'll always take away from Tuscaloosa? And then maybe a part B, this coming up weekend, uh, you're obviously going to be participating in a lot of uh, a, a lot of university-led events. Is there anything that you're looking forward to or wanting to see or do outside of those university-led events here in Tuscaloosa? I get some food. I forgot the name of some some nachos. I always get, uh, I think, mug shots. The, the burger joint. Yes, sir. I don't know if Sharky's is still there. It was just fried. Fish and chips. Yes. Man, I'm, I, every Friday I would go there, you know, but relationships, people, that's the main thing that I do the most. Seeing Eric again, seeing BJ, you know, maybe getting run into Coach Steele and whoever, who else knows who I'll run into, you know, it's just the relationships, the people. You know, this camp, the campus looks nothing the same, nothing. The hurricane, I mean, the hurricane, the tornado came in after I graduated. So even McFarland looks different. Yes, major. So it's, I'm excited. I'm just looking forward to get back and to see the people, see the town, eat some food, have a good time. 
Well, you mentioned earlier that you're at Tennessee State now. And guys, if anyone wants to connect with you, you can do so by following them at Coach underscore D underscore Mustin. We're really looking forward to having you back in Tuscaloosa. I'll just open up the floor the last little bit for you. Is there anything that, uh, that we can follow or support you on or any way that we can get behind you or anything that any message that you want to leave for the Alabama fans watching and listening? No, Joe, I don't have any big messages. You know, I don't have any hidden light. I don't. I don't. You know I mean, I'm That's all good. I go out and coach, you know, uh, work with athletes. Uh, just support. Support your local teams. If you can invest into HBCU and just look at the culture, invest into them just, just to take a look at it, you know. Everybody knows the SEC, the big power fives. But there's a lot of other athletes in other different categories and other different platforms that compete just as hard so just tune in you know support hbcu every once in a while you know that's that's pretty much it um that's i'm excited to be honest i'm just excited to get back i think this is so ironic there's no bigger irony than me coming back i never expected to be a a captain to come back honorary captain I, I, but then i'm blessed and then just my friends say hey this is a big deal, and I agree, and I'm, I'm excited. It's a really big deal, really big deal. It, it, I totally agree, and I cannot tell you how excited I, I was or I am to have had this conversation with you. I didn't want to put you on the spot there with that, but I always like to leave a wide open room for anybody to kind of get 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 anything off their chest if I left anything off. Uh, but I really appreciate your time. I hope that you enjoy it. I'll be one of the 100,000 cheering for you uh, at Brian Denny Stadium this, this Saturday. I'm not sure you're going to be cheering for me. But uh, <laughs> oh, we'll be, no, 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 don't say at the very beginning, our honorary captains are Eric Anders and Darren Mustin, and they'll read off all your hand, and we'll be and we'll be cheering for you. That's uh, gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. I'm excited. Thank, Joe, you, thank so you so much, much for the opportunity to come on. Really do appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Darren. I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much, sir. You as well. That was Alabama linebacker Darren Mustin. He played here from 2005 to 2007. He was on Coach Saban's first team, and he played at MTSU before he came to Alabama. In the days before the transfer portal, jumped in the transfer portal or tra decided to transfer to Alabama without a scholarship, walked on here with the Crimson Tide, and then earned a scholarship from head coach Nick Saban. Really appreciate Darren Mustin giving me some of his time today. You guys can make sure you follow him again at in, on Instagram at coach underscore D underscore Mustin. And now we've had both of the Alabama honorary captains on the program this week. We talked to Eric Anders on Monday, and that was our man Dar Darren Mustin. Make sure you go give him a shout out, give him a follow, and get ready to support them at Alabama's first home game this coming up Saturday at 6.30. Crimson Tide playing MTSU as we get the season kicked off. That's going to do it for our program today. Make sure you go out and follow our other Bama Central podcast, All Things Bama, with Katie Windham and Austin Hannon, and Blue Collar Unplugged with Blake Byler, Matthew Gibson, and Jacob Pickle. The three of us together, the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central, make up the Bama Central Broadcasting Network. You can find me on the social medias at Joe Gaither 6 for all of your social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you want to find me at Joe Gaither 6. Send me your comments, your questions, queries, and concerns. 
We really appreciate all our guests this week. We're going to have Jay McPhillips, Yay Alabama's Jay McPhillips, the executive director, on the program tomorrow. So you won't want to miss his rebuttal to my conversation a couple of weeks ago where I talked about Yay Alabama. Jay McPhillips is going to be on the program tomorrow, and we really look forward to that right here on the Joe Gaither Show. We'll be back with Jay McPhillips tomorrow on the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com.